Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we're here today. We're going to talk all about Virginia Tech. And in the first half, Ryan and I are going to kind of run down what we've seen from Virginia Tech in Game 1. Some of it is going to be, you know, the detailed info that Ryan gave us earlier in the year. um, Because Ryan Mm -hmm. always does his homework. He's a good, studious podcast partner and uh, host. So we've got that to look out for. And then in the second half, we are going to have a couple folks from a Virginia Tech podcast are going to come on. And we're going to do something similar to what we did last week with the folks from Fresno State. Now, that turned out to be bad luck because we lost. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's related. We'll see. So uh, we'll do it this (laughs) week, and maybe we'll never do it again uh, game week. Mm -hmm. Ryan, do you think there's any relation between us talking to people um, from the other team and us losing? I certainly hope not because we're set up for two more weeks after this week. Hey, look, I'm not opposed to just breaking off contact and ghosting anyone else uh, if we lose mm-hmm. again. Just uh, I'm not and, against it. Right. All for the team. That's right. That's right. I will do whatever it takes um, to, to help Purdue win. So um, as we said, all Virginia Tech today. Virginia Tech went. Uh, they had a game last week. It was at home against the Monarchs of Old Dominion, uh, who actually beat them last year. 
Uh, this was a this was a return game, so the second game in the series. They won this week, uh, that week, thirty six to seventeen, and they honestly it was an offensive outburst for Virginia Tech. Uh, they had not scored over thirty points in fourteen games, uh, dating back to you know last season and actually two seasons ago. Um, so an offensive outburst, an explosion for Virginia Tech. Um, Ryan, how did they do it? What was different about this week than the previous 14 games uh, where they had failed to score 30? Yeah, well, playing an FCS team does help, <laughs> despite losing to them last season. Right, yeah. I mean, you, you can't lose every FCS game, right? That sounds like a challenge. Well, uh, that then they failed that challenge, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they mainly relied on their passing game in this one. Um Grant Wells was their main quarterback. I say main because Virginia Tech technically split snaps between Grant Wells and Kyron Drones, but Grant Wells did the the heavy majority of the work. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, Drones only had one pass attempt. Correct. Yeah. So they came in. Um, there was a targeting call uh, on a tackle on Drones. Oh from Old Dominion in the first quarter. So that could have been uh, affected him. But, yeah, mostly Grant Wells. Now, they have said they're supposed to be splitting snaps this week as well, so that's something to look out for. But Grant Wells is mainly your guy. Um, 17-29, you know, not awful. Uh, Not the most efficient day ever, but 251 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a pretty good day. Yeah. Yeah, and he also ran ran for a touchdown, so he accounted for four yep. of their touchdowns. Absolutely. So that's you know what? You can't really bring too much away from beating an FCS team, but um if you know who your starter is going forward, that's a nice takeaway from an FCS team. Yeah. Yeah. So on the ground, they didn't really have too, too much going on. Their leading rusher was, I'm going to botch this, but I think it's Bashel, uh Tootin. I, um, he had 19 carries for 55 yards, so not entirely prolific. And then their second um, leading rusher outside of uh, Grant Wells was Malachi Thomas. He had 12 rushes for 22 yards. So not really world-beating on the ground, right. but Wells did enough through the air where it didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, and they also had the ever-elusive safety. Uh, was yep. the, only, the only points in the first quarter by either team was a safety from Virginia Tech. So uh, I just, me personally, you know, obviously I wasn't rooting for Virginia Tech, but I always enjoy getting a safety. It's, you know... One of the rarest uh, of the uh, ways you can score in football, and always always fun. So I appreciated yeah. that. Absolutely. So now, depending on how your outlook is on the Purdue secondary, um, well, it's not great after one game. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. So they had two receivers do most of their heavy lifting um, for Virginia Tech. That were. Ollie Jenkins, or Ollie Jennings, not Jenkins. Uh, he had five catches, seventy-two yards, and two touchdowns. And then they had Jalen Lane, four catches, sixty-nine yards, one touchdown. So between the two of them, one hundred and forty-one uh, receiving yards. 
out of 251. So um, if Purdue has an interest in guarding their top two receivers, that's seems who like want to guard. Seems like something you would want to do. I mean, look, I don't right. I don't get paid the big bucks. Uh, I'm not related to anyone on the coaching staff at here here at mm-hmm. Purdue or at Iowa, so I probably won't be getting a job anytime soon <laughs> that I'm not qualified right. for. Um, but your logic checks out. You know, you want to guard the guys yeah. who can catch the ball. I, I think, honestly, I'd hire you. Yeah, that's that's pretty universal. Yeah, um, that's how Scott Frost got a job. That's right. Um, so not much else to say on their offensive end other than they did not give up a sack. So that's kind of key. Um, yeah. That's another thing. You want to guard your quarterback. That's right. pretty universal. But I, I do wonder, given the level of the opponent, like exactly. we can look at these numbers. It's like when Purdue played Indiana State last year. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. on the roster got in. Everybody played. You know, Purdue was putting up video game numbers before they pulled back and put in their third and fourth string. So, right. But but that wasn't really an accurate representation of what Purdue was going to be throughout the rest of the year, throughout the Big Ten season, throughout the rest of their non-conference mm-hmm. season. And I'm sure it's the exact same way here. I, I think we're only talking about it because it's the only game they've had. And, of course, mm-hmm. they lost to them last year. So um, there is you know some semblance of improvement just by beating an FCS team that they lost to last year. So... I would take everything we're saying here with a big grain of salt because you just you're you're not getting a lot from an FCS opponent. Right, exactly. The the main thing you want to do with FCS is figure out your depth chart and th- also don't lose. Those Wait. are the two things. Yeah, and don't get any injuries. No injuries. Yeah. The, y- yes. So, um with that in mind, the grain of salt in mind, the defense had a fair day. Um, I mean, allowing 17 points is not awful. Um, so the defense did have five sacks. That's that's a good look. Um, two fumble recoveries and an interception. So they won the turnover battle three to zero. Yeah, that's always a plus. Now where the defense struggled was they allowed 201 passing yards or not passing yards, rushing yards. So they struggled against the uh, Old Dominion run game. That is a and that is a lot to allow to mm-hmm. an FCS team. And there's what appears to be uh, under the team. There's one carry for negative 24 yards. So really, you know, mm-hmm. it was even better than that. It would have been 225. Because I assume right. that's, that's also including sack yeah, yardage. Yeah. So I think the 24 yards was a fumble. Oh, fumble that, that Old Dominion. Backwards. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, so. so so really it was even worse than that on their run defense, 225. So that does give me a little bit of hope uh, because, I mean, right. if, if Purdue can have a healthy offensive line, um, we've been told that uh, our second string center will be playing if everything goes right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would, you know, allowing 225 yards in essence to Old Dominion, an FCS opponent, gives me hope that with even with a banged up offensive line and Devin Mockaby back there, Purdue can generate some running, um, get some yards, and then hopefully that'll make things easier for Hudson Card and the rest of the offense. Absolutely. And the thing about their defense is it's going to be a little bit weaker in the first half. Oh, and, and why is that? Yeah. 
One of their defensive linemen, Fidarius Payne, was unfortunately ejected in the second half of their game and for targeting. So he will actually have to miss the first half of the Purdue game. Right, because you get ejected and then you have to serve basically a full game. So Right. It, it's, it's so weird how they determine a full game because you could get uh, kicked out with like one second to go in the fourth quarter and then mm-hmm. you only have to sit out the first half of your next game. It's kind of a weird way of doing it. But So he will be out for the first half of our game. He'll be tan, rested, and ready to come back in the second half. Right. But, you know, we'll take anything we can get. One one guy down on the defensive line could make a difference. Exactly, especially if uh, Josh Kaltenberger comes back and we have our backup center to provide a push on the offensive line. Devin Mockaby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he, if you'll recall, I mean, last year when Hartwig went down, he came in for the end of the season and did a pretty good job. So, I mean, he would be quite right. the improvement over w- what we saw last week. You know, no offense yeah. to those guys, but they're not the ones who you want in that role. Yeah, no offense to the committee. Um, <laughs> so, kind of wrapping up the defense for Virginia Tech, they only allowed 94 passing yards. Now, Again, the grain of salt here is how good is the Old Dominion quarterback. So um, 94 yards still is, you know, a really nice number. If you hold an opponent under 100 passing yards, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, especially the way the game is played now. I mean, it's so pass-focused and pass-heavy that keeping your opponent under 100 yards, I mean, it's almost unheard of. Right. Now, what I don't like, well, what I wouldn't like if I was a Virginia Tech fan, um, they allowed 8 of 15 on third down. Oh, that those are Purdue numbers right there. Exactly. So that's not great. And they, um, we talked about the ejection in the second half. They also had a first half uh, targeting penalty that ejected a player, but he can come yeah, back of course. for the beginning of the Purdue of course. game. And who was that? Um, that was Jalen Stroman, one of their DBs. Okay. Okay. Well, so he'll be, they must be back. They must have somebody good behind him if he was out in the first half and then still they allowed a less, less than a hundred yards overall through the air. So, um, right. So I, I was able to, um, send some questions to the, uh, SB nation representative for, uh, Virginia tech. And it's literally called gobbler country is the website, so uh, just getting that out of the way. And I put the stuff on hammerandrails.com today, but didn't know if you had a chance to look at it. Um, You know, they were talking about uh, the fact that it's surprising to them that the strength of the offense is the passing game, given what they've had recently. Um, So that was a pleasant surprise in week one. And, you know, they did point out, again, you know, it's an FCS opponent, they're not... You, you can't know for sure, and they're not sure if they trust their quarterback yet. Um, but through one game, you know, you'll take him accounting for four touchdowns. And they right. also talked about being very excited for their uh, athletic tight ends. Uh, they mentioned Daquan Wright and Benji Gosnell. So those are mm-hmm. guys that Purdue should watch out for, simply because Purdue just coach through coach, coach after coach, <laughs> has had trouble guarding the tight end, especially, you know, on third down and over the middle. So. Um, those are guys right. Purdue might want to watch out for. And then one other thing I thought that at least was interesting, um, they did talk about 
their their strength on defense would be the defensive line and as well as the secondary, as you talked about. So being down one guy mm-hmm. in the defensive line really will seem to make a difference in my mind. Um, and I, I just, you know, you can talk about the secondary being a strength, but with one game against an FCS opponent, I don't think you know that. I, I think you're hoping mm-hmm. for that. I think you want to believe that, but I don't think you can really say that with any confidence. Now, we may see Purdue play this game, and they get absolutely shut down through the air, and I'm going to come back on here, and I'm going to look like an idiot, sound like an idiot if you run this back. But, <laughs> um, you know, week we've gone through one week, and it's just it's tough to say what we know about any team in the country right now. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, kind of wrapping up the um, Old Dominion game, the last bit of information I have is special teams. Okay. Um, I will not go into our sickos punting because we're going to save that for okay, good. Second our half. friends. Yeah. So um, they did have a punt return for 66 yards. A 66-yard punt return by Tucker Holloway. Good. Yep. That's that's uh, was not a touchdown, however. So Purdue's got the leg up in return touchdown. There you One. go. Um, their kicker. Two for two, field goals, four for four, extra point attempts. That's what you like to see if you're um, a special teams guy and their punter. Three punts, average 47 yards. I mean, that's so, top-notch work right there. Yeah. Good good job by the like specialist to... last week for Virginia Tech. Yep, exactly. Um, I'm not sure what the two field goals were, however. Oh, distance-wise, quick... you mean? Yes, they were 27 and 21, so ah. he had two gimmies. Yeah, I was like, not exactly, not exactly a number that uh, strikes fear in you if you're the kicker. So uh, right. we'll see if maybe Purdue can force him into longer field goals. I don't know if that'll make a difference, but certainly much yeah. more difficult than you know tw- in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So more more grains of salt. Yeah. So uh, one last thing on the questions for the guys with the guy from Gobbler uh, Country, I asked him about mm-hmm. food. And uh, he mentioned some restaurants. He said Cabo Fish Tacos, uh, Avellino's, okay. Lefties, Zapoli's, and uh, the best donuts you could ever want, according to him, are at a place called Carol Lee's. So if you're okay. in Blacksburg uh, and you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking of uh, where would I go if I were a local, there are some names that uh, were given to us. I cannot vouch for any of them. Uh, they could be good. They could be bad. I don't know. But uh, those are the ones we were given. You know, I was originally going to go to this game um, with mm-hmm. my buddy Matt, who lives in um, Myrtle Beach. But we decided okay. instead, once it was announced that um, Bruce Barker was going to retire, that we were going to find a way to go to a Purdue home game. So we're mm-hmm. actually going to go back for the Minnesota game um, and and watch that one instead because – it would have been since I'm in Maryland, he's in South Carolina. It would have been about midway for both of us. We were going to meet at the Virginia Tech game um, and gotcha. go to it, just because you know it's a road game. Never been there, uh, but it, we we figured that going to see Bruce at the Cactus and then getting to hopefully go to a Purdue basketball game the next day because mm-hmm. uh, they play Minnesota and then there's a basketball game uh, the day after. Morehead State. Yeah, yeah, would be better for us. So hopefully we can get uh, both of those. So. Should yeah. be a lot of fun. Um, Ryan, any final thoughts on Virginia Tech? In the second half, we're going to give our predictions. Um, so hold mm-hmm. on to your hats if that's what you're waiting for. But uh, any final word before we hop on with these folks from Virginia Tech? 
Um, no, I think we're all set. You want to you want to talk any more trash before they get on so they can't hear us? <laughs> uh, you know, say anything out of out of pocket. No, I don't think so. I'll certainly have to ask what a hokey is. Get yeah. their opinion. Yeah, there you go. We get, well, we know what the internet says because we talked about it during uh, our Virginia Tech podcast week. But we'll have right. to see if they have a more definitive definition. Yes, exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So there you go, folks. We're going to take a break. Come back and talk with folks from Virginia Tech about Saturday's game. We'll be right, right. back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? It is Sam Jesse here with week two of Behind Enemy Lines. I am joined by Andrew and Ryan, some Purdue Boilermaker fans who cover the team really, really well. Guys, thank you for joining the second ever episode of Behind Enemy Lines. Absolutely. Hey, happy Thank to be here. having us. Yeah, really excited for this one. It's a uh, what I think is cool, cool about this game is it's two very similar universities, you know, kind of in small towns, uh, big engineering schools. I know a lot of my friends are uh, having some rivalries with their coworkers this week. So that's really fun. I just wanted to ask you guys, first off, what's your connection to Purdue University? Why are you, you know, following the Boilermakers? And, you know, what do you love about following Purdue like you do? Ryan, you can go first. Yeah, so I am a Purdue grad in engineering, so hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> um, and I graduated in 2021. I've been writing for Hammer and Rails and subsequently our podcast, the Boiler Alert podcast, ever since. Um, Andrew's my co-manager, so I got to get his permission on stuff. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore Purdue. Uh, spent five whole years there 
Um, it's been great. So uh, for me, I grew up in a Purdue family. Uh, my dad went to Purdue. I'm the youngest of four siblings. All three of my uh, older brothers all went to Purdue, all graduated from Purdue. So um, I didn't even apply anywhere else when it was time to go to school. Um, and I went to Purdue for six years, got two degrees, got a bachelor's and a master's. Um, and then during my time there, I worked in the athletic department um, during grad school. I was a graduate assistant in the athletic department. Um, I was the vice president of the paint crew, the men's basketball student section, and have just, you know, loved Purdue sports my entire life. So I started um, a smaller website with a few friends after college. And then when they kind of like fell off and stopped writing and it was just me, um, Travis, the former site manager of Hammer and Rails asked me to come on. And um, once he moved on, I took over as the co-manager of the site. So I've been involved one way or the other um, in Purdue athletics for a long, long time and love following mm -hmm. it every step of the way. That's awesome. Like I, you know, I don't know if many people on the, the Sons of Saturday audience actually know this about me, but my first game, I was like six months old. Uh, we beat the oh, crap wow. out of Syracuse in 97. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been a, a Hokie my whole life. My family's been all Hokies and, you know, went to Virginia Tech, got undergrad there, got masters there. Like Blacksburg's always been a part of my life. So it's awesome to see that like from other people as well, how, yeah. you know, how special a college can be and how it can be intertwined in your life. Oh yeah. Let's talk about a college town, West Lafayette, Indiana. Favorite mm -hmm. spot in West Lafayette, bar, restaurant, uh, what have you. <laughs> I'll let Andrew go first. I mean, so, I, he's more opinionated on this than I am. So, I mean, if I'm going favorite bar at Purdue, it's there's only one really that I'm going to say. Um, there's a there's a close second, but number one has got to be the Neon Cactus. Um, this just gigantic, like cavernous bar down on the levee, um, just a short walk away from campus. Um, you know, it's one of those places where you get the gigantic plastic mug, you know, when you go in, you can get um, like a, for me, I was never a beer guy. So it was a rum and Coke for like a dollar and a quarter or dollar 75. And it was like 32 mm -hmm. ounces, gigantic dance floor. And of course, uh, there's a piano bar in there um, with just a really entertaining guy on the piano all night. You could come and go. Um, it was just a lot of fun. One of, one of my favorite um favorite bars ever in the world and and just the the best place to spend a thursday night at purdue in my opinion yeah i'd agree that's uh also the favorite for me um the, i'll kind of touch on the second place that is more or less the overall fan favorite it's harry's um it's kind of a it's close to campus it's right there within walking distance um and it's been a staple since the 20s i believe so, I mean, they were there through Prohibition. They were, uh, they've just been ingrained on campus. So uh, every time you go there on a Saturday, it's a line along the entire block. Um, it's a big deal. Um, as Andrew said, I kind of gravitate more towards Neon Cactus just because it's uh, that piano bar, but both great options for when you're there on a Saturday or even like a Thursday afternoon, you'll find people at Harry's. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I will say honorable mention goes to me. RIP to Jake's. Uh, Is that the hot dog place? They were there. They did give out free hot dogs at Jake's. Yes. 
Um, but unfortunately, it is no longer there. Um, they okay, closed. so I, I've heard about the hot dog place. Yeah, they closed. I'm. It was something to do with like they were going to tear down the whole building and put new stuff up. So the owners were just like, I'm not dealing with this. Uh, but that's actually where I met my wife um, at Jake's. So RIP uh, to Jake's. But hey, I got uh, I got a wife out of it. So uh, good news for me. Hey, uh, you know, I, I don't have a spouse out of a bar in Blacksburg, but uh, my friend group, we were Hokey House guys. Uh, upstairs in the corner at Hokie House, right next to the darts. That was the spot. $3 doubles, $4 triples at happy hour. Um, Sharky's, another great place in Blacksburg. Yeah, I can't okay. beat it. Everyone in Blacksburg, the big one is Tots. Little too crowded for me. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just plenty of good dive bars in Blacksburg. Probably need a few more considering how large the school is now. Yeah, I mean, Purdue, <laughs> uh, Purdue desperately needs more uh, bars. Yeah. You know, we've had, I think, they had two clothes in the last like six or seven years. Um, yeah. So they, they just, they've got to figure out what they're doing and, and get more up there. Right. Including neon cactus. They closed down and then yeah. came back. Yeah. Resurrected. Yeah. COVID, COVID was tough on uh, college towns across America. Glad yeah. that, that Blacksburg seemed to survive it for the most part. Now Absolutely. Purdue has really old school, tons of traditions. You got the big drum. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you what your favorite traditions are, but explain the big drum. I mean, so the big drum is just what it sounds like. It's the world's largest drum, although there is some fighting between us and Texas, Ryan. Texas, Texas is right. Yeah. Yep. Um, over who claims the world's largest drum, like who actually has the largest drum. Um, and to my knowledge, neither school actually like releases how big the drum actually is. It's supposedly like a closely guarded secret. I don't know why, mm -hmm. like, it's so silly, but it's just a giant <laughs> drum, but um, it, it is really cool. I mean, it is like a gigantic drum. I, I can't even tell you how big it is, um, but it's a tradition, at least for the members of the band, that on their their final home game, they get to actually bang the drum at midfield. You know, they get announced, get to bang the drum, and it, it is a really cool tradition, um, mm -hmm. and they do not like it, the drum majors or whoever, whatever they're called, do not like it if you touch the drum if you're not one of them uh because i did that and they're like hey don't touch the drum and i was like sorry so i would say probably my favorite kind of trivia slash tradition at purdue is the fact that our mascot is actually not the one you see on tv all the time it's not it's not pete um it is an actual train so the Boilermaker Special is our mascot. It's the fastest mascot in all the country. It is street legal. They actually yep. drive it to away games on the highway. So um, look out for that if you're uh, around Blacksburg. And you'll hear it, too. They will not let you oh, sleep yeah. on game day. They will be blaring that horn all the time. Yeah, and... And it's run by an organization called the Reamers. And I think mm -hmm. one of the cool things they do is, you know, it, it's, I mean, it literally looks like a train. So it's got a cattle catcher on the front. And every time they win a game uh, against whatever opponent it is, they ask an opposing fan for their hat, like their team logo hat. They take it and then they put it on the cattle catcher and it's there the entire year. Um, well, so that is, that is a pretty cool tradition. Well, I hope to not be seeing a Virginia Tech cap on that train, but I hear wild vehicle going down the road. Sounds like they'll be right at home with the jacked up trucks in Southwest Virginia. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. sounds pretty good. Uh, 
I have to say, I said stick it in last time. Um, if you don't know, there used to be when Virginia Tech had a goal to go situation, band played a drum line, crowd had a nice stick it in chant. That kind of mm. got taken away for some innuendo. Uh, yeah, some innuendo. No reasons, <laughs> but you'll hear the crowd's chant stick it in at the goal line. Other than that, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I would say a new favorite tradition I want to talk about. Um, I just love touching the Hokie Stone. The whole campus is made of the same stone that's quarried from a couple miles away from campus. It looks awesome. It looks like Hogwarts. And uh, touching the stone, leaving uh, up behind the tunnel, is uh, it's just cool because you can go everywhere around campus and, and touch the Hokie Stone. It's not like Howard's Rock or Clemson or something. Uh, let's talk. Uh, you guys making the trip to Blacksburg? Going to be watching on TV. Uh, what's the plans for this weekend? Uh, just watching on TV. Yeah, same here. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a bit of bit of a travel. Uh, mm-hmm. Hope it looks good on TV. The production okay. for the game last week was phenomenal by ACC Network. Uh, but if you ever do come to Blacksburg, highly recommend getting outdoors. It's very very pretty, especially in the mm-hmm. fall. So don't just stick to football. Get there a day early, go on a hike. Um, I don't think you guys have a lot of mountains in Indiana. <laughs> no, nope. So uh, take advantage of that if if you can come down to Southwest Virginia sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit of football here. The story all off season around the sport has been conference realignment. You know, the premiership of college football. Purdue sitting in the Big Ten. You got to mm-hmm. feel pretty good about being in the Big Ten. However, on the flip side of that, a tough conference just got a lot tougher, adding Southern Cal, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Combine that with, you know, Illinois and Minnesota seem to be finding their footing as really good teams. One hand, Purdue's going to be in the top of college football. On the other hand, not a lot of easy games for Purdue coming up. How do you feel about the new age of college football as it pertains to Purdue in the Big Ten? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, it allows us to travel more to some nice uh, coastal areas. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We have four new schools coming in who are all very good athletic programs. From the football side, it's going to get tough. But if nothing else, you understand that every week in conference is going to be against a quality school and everything is a quality win. Um, We kind of see on the basketball side too you think the exact same thing for resume building but with football it's going to be a mountainous task and we definitely understand that yeah i i mean to kind of emphasize what ryan said purdue is is very lucky and to you know echo what you said as well sam purdue is very lucky that we were one of the schools that you know helped found and create the big 10 all those years ago um, mm-hmm. because, you know, if, if Purdue were simply around and not in the big 10, I don't know where we would have ended up. You know, maybe we would be like a school, um, out West Oregon state or Washington state who are now just kind of sitting around, looking around and trying to figure out where they're going. So, uh, we're very lucky in that respect, but it is going to be an absolute meat grinder every single week, especially in football. Um, I mean, the odds of Purdue winning the big 10 in football were already very long, but now, I mean, with these additional four schools, it's going to be a, a, an almost Herculean task to try to win um, the Big Ten Conference. And that's a shame. Um, and, and, I, you know, I, I know it was going to happen anyway, but I, I always hate losing um, the Rose Bowl, the losing the Rose Bowl tradition with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever, 
pack two right now. Um, so that, that stinks that that is going away, but overall, I mean, it's going to mean a lot more money for Purdue. It's going to mean a lot more money coming in. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the AD at Purdue, Mike Bobinski, he can use that money well and Purdue can continue to grow um, and continue to, you know, improve in all areas. And then who knows, you know, I, I can't say for sure what's going to happen in 20 years. Um, maybe Purdue uses the money well and we see a, a steady rise. Maybe Ryan Walters is still here and takes us to new heights, but you can't do any of that if you don't have money. And Purdue just, they secured their future and they secured money. So you, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, I know since I recorded with some uh, some friends from ODU, I, I think mm-hmm. since then the ACC added Cal Stanford and SMU. And mm-hmm. like you said, money's going to drive a lot of this. Those don't drive a lot of money. But then like Ryan said, in terms of fun places to travel, my family's already talked about flying out to Airbnb in Napa Valley, doing some wine tours, enjoying the countryside there in Northern California, and then maybe driving to Palo Alto to watch a football game. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not too shabby. Uh, it's sure beach driving to like, I don't know, Durham or Pittsburgh for a game. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Durham. I, I used to live in the RDU area, Pittsburgh. Meh. Um but yeah, I mean, it's, it's opens up a world of opportunity. Got to look oh, yeah. at Yeah. I also used to live in uh, RDU last then, year. When I think Bass, when I think Purdue, I think nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a destination place, but a nice area to live. <laughs> yeah. When I think Purdue, I think basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it like for you? And very, very good basketball. What is it like kind of following a football program at a basketball school, because I know what it's like following basketball at a football school. So is it, do you, do, does football feel like icing on the cake when there's success or is it, has it become so even because the money in football is so great? I, I don't know about even. Um, I mean, you know, Purdue is situated in the state of Indiana where basketball will always be king. Um, but it's not as if, Football is an also ran at Purdue. I mean, there's always a lot of excitement with the exception of when Daryl Hazel was the head coach at Purdue, uh, which we don't like to speak about. But overall, I mean, Purdue fans will always come out, um, you know, for a team that actually shows effort and, you know, puts in some some hard work on the field. And Purdue football games have excellent atmosphere, excellent energy. Um, we've seen victories over, you know, top 10 teams of Ohio State, Iowa and Michigan state just in the last, you know, five or so years. So uh, it's, it's, it's a really good place to watch a football game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I think sort of, I can't really attest to this just because I haven't been alive for that long, (laughs) but uh, Purdue football was a pretty good powerhouse back in the day. Now we're trying to revitalize that now, but I think, um, the foundation was there and um, from a basketball perspective, it's always been there. It never really dipped. We've had two head coaches in for the past 30, 40 years. Yeah. So, 43 years. Yeah. Wow. So um, basketball is truly the, the national sport of Indiana for, you know, that term. Um but football, we we love our football in Indiana too. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I you know basketball is definitely on the come up at Virginia Tech. So mm-hmm. anytime the basketball team's good, we're kind of like, oh, that's that's a fun bridge between next football season. 
Uh, but now with Mike Young, they're, they're really looking to put together a program. So, you know, I think it's awesome when athletic departments can kind of balance the two because it's very, very difficult to do that. Uh, I, I do feel you talked about the atmosphere at Purdue. Um, dude, a, a night game at Purdue when they're wearing all black is like the darkest mm-hmm. night game. Yeah. I think it's them and Oklahoma State. For some reason, like it's <laughs> darker at night in West Lafayette and Stillwater than anywhere else. Uh, so, so that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit more on the field for 2023 for Purdue, a tough week one loss to a Fresno state team that yeah. wasn't supposed to be great. Kind of like a six win, seven win team in the mountain West, but that was a really back and forth game thoughts on the week one loss. And then kind of, does it change your outlook for the rest of the season or is it just full steam ahead? So I think going into the season, um, with so much turnover from last year, player-wise, coach-wise, and such, um, we kind of had to levy our expectations as uh, Purdue fans. So I think the consensus was between five and seven wins this season, um, going into the season. And with the Fresno State loss, I think that really just drops it down by one. Um, it was kind of a toss up and last week um, it's definitely tires meet the road. Um, so Ryan Walters knows what issues he had in week one. Some of that injury wise that hopefully will be resolved here in a couple weeks, but injuries are always a toss up, but Ryan Walters knows what he has. He knows what he has to improve upon, and this is where he starts to try and make his money. So if he can make adjustments, we will love what we see. Um, And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say we're kind of in that five to six win range right now. Yeah, I think that's mostly true. And I think to, to add to what Ryan said with injuries, I mean, Purdue at one point last week was on their fifth string center. Um, and no, neither of their top two tight ends were available. So it, it was a really, really difficult situation um, on the offensive line. Um, blocking on offense was not a great situation. So we're expected to get our backup center back this week, um, fingers crossed. So that should change things, I think, quite a bit, um, allow Purdue both to, to develop more of a running game, but also allow Hudson Card, our quarterback, um, to actually let plays in front of him develop and rather than having to scramble. So I still think six to seven wins is possible because Purdue is always good for one um, out of the blue victory that you don't expect. So um, we will just have to see, but I I think that's a a level setting of expectations is, is still six to seven wins. Definitely a really tough schedule, Mm -hmm. but a program, like you said, every year Purdue, Purdue gets somebody every year. So you don't know. And I think similar to the ACC, the, the Big Ten has a lot of toss-up games, and you kind of just need the ball to bounce your way a couple times and get a couple of those toss-up games. Uh, how about for the Hokies? If you can put your finger on what the Hokies will do this year, credit to you because <laughs> no one else can. I have no idea what this team is going to continue to look like. Last week looked pretty good. Not great in some areas. Run defense, a lot of missed assignments, offensive line, some missed assignments as well. But overall, we, we won. We don't, we don't apologize for wins anymore in Blacksburg. What do you think about the Hokies right now? And then I'm also curious, 
what do you think about the perception of of the program moving forward after what have been kind of the worst three four year stretch in, in the program's history since the uh, early eighties? Yeah, so um, I'll kind of start with that back half. So Virginia Tech is, I mean, you had like our basketball program, you had two coaches for decades, right? And it kind of it it has to end at some point. So it's in a rebuilding era. And we understand that. We know what that looks like. It's just, it's not fun to be a part of, but like, you know, it has to be done to get back to the mountaintop. Um, I think the problem is the ACC, as you said, is just a bag of absolute randomness, unless you're in the top two spots. Um, I personally, um, I've seen a lot of like between four and seven wins. I tend to levitate around five or six just um, from what I've seen. Obviously, the thing is you played an FCS team in week one. You can never really take away too much from playing an FCS team statistically wise. Um, You really just want to get through with a win and don't have any injuries and Learn your depth chart, really. So that's kind of what I took away from Virginia Tech. Kind of looking at your schedule, I mean, it's a toss-up. We would love to see you beat Louisville. That is for sure. Yeah, we're rooting for you there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Um, you. And it's always a change of pace. Uh, We're very used to seeing teams have three – uh, non-conference games instead of four. So I think that's usually pretty helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ha- I have no earthly idea what Virginia Tech is going to do this year. Um, and like you said, I, I don't think most Virginia Tech fans know either. <laughs> um, but to the back half of your question, I feel like Virginia Tech used to be a name that really scared a lot of folks when you had to play them, especially at home. Um, and as you said, coming off one of the, your worst runs, you know, in decades, so I think that's it's tarnished a little bit, but I think there's still an idea of like if you're going into Virginia Tech, if you're going into Blacksburg, that's still not an easy place to play, and you're still going to have to, you know, bring your A game in order to walk out of there with a victory. Um, it just may be easier now than it was, you know, seven eight years ago. Yep, you'll agree on that one. I think, you know, they've had to get the talent back in the program. The last couple of years, there just weren't a lot of good football players, huge roster turnover this year. We'll see how they look against the big uptick in competition against Purdue game prediction for this one. This is about as two of even of teams, as you can think, I think they're uh, number 64, number 65 in the S and P plus both teams kind of predicted at that six and six mark. The spread is within a field goal. It, it started at favoring Purdue. It's now favoring Virginia tech. Uh, obviously, in Blacksburg helps the Hokies. Game prediction for this one. Very close contest. Go ahead, Ryan. I'll let I Andrew think... go first. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, you're right, because I made you go first last week. So I'll go okay. first this week. Um, so I've, you know, we're, I'm sure just like you, Sam, we're homers on our podcast. Um, you know, we're big Purdue fans. Yep. So uh, we're both probably going to pick Purdue, I'm guessing. I am taking Purdue 31 to 28. Um, I think it's going to be a real close game. I'm really hoping that Purdue can find a way 
on defense to stop Virginia Tech on third down because that was a horrible problem last week against Fresno State, getting off the field on third down. And I'm also hopeful that um, with a more stable offensive line, Purdue is able to get a run game throughout you know, the entirety of the game rather than in fits and spurts uh, like they did in game one. So if Purdue can do both of those things, I am very hopeful that Purdue walks out of Blacksburg with a win and sits at one and one. Yeah, um, I would say I'm actually a little bit more optimistic about the offense. So my prediction is 38 to 34. I won't say I'm as optimistic about the defense quite yet. <laughs> Um, but seeing that the offense is returning some, uh, players on the offensive line, getting that, uh, health back, I think that will help with Devin Mockaby being able to run the ball and Purdue getting into a rhythm on offense. Yeah. I think the number one key to the game for both teams is being able to run the ball up the middle. Maybe you don't need a hundred plus yard rusher, but you need to be able to do it. Uh, looks like both teams really struggled, and ODU really stacked the box against uh, the against Tech, and Tech just like was running into a brick wall all night. <laughs> uh, passing went really well, so I'm interested to see if they can capitalize on a Purdue secondary that looked in the nicest way possible, really bad. Yeah, that that was very nice of you actually to call them really bad. So I um, appreciate that. But on the other hand, I mean, you got McAbee, who I, I believe set some school records last year rushing the ball. Uh, Tech mm -hmm. struggled on their run fits last week. So if Purdue can run the ball up the middle, Hudson Card's a running quarterback that always kills Tech. I, I think there is a there's a world where Tech's defense just struggles to get off the field. We'll see. I'm going to go relatively high scoring in this one as well, at least for Virginia Tech. Uh, but but I'm going to go 35, let's say 35-27 Virginia Tech. I think the difference in the game is, is Tech gets touchdowns where Purdue gets field goals. I think if the... If the uh, field shrinks, I like Tech's athleticism a little bit in the red zone uh, in the home crowd. I think that's the difference. Very easy game. I think it's much closer than that score. Uh, but whatever you're betting, bet the over because mm -hmm. I'm not sold on either of these defenses right now. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, I don't trust the defense at all. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, well, I just want to say thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been awesome. I love getting to learn about other fans bases other traditions and stuff and what makes college football the greatest sport on earth so thank you guys yeah. so much hey glad to be here yeah, absolutely and we have one more segment for you actually sort of right, thing we've been doing so um i'm not sure if you've seen over the past uh year or so but the sickos community on x twitter whatever you call it now um has been rampant and yes they did a segment where um, you figure out how close you are to an area. I believe it was Culver's. Culver's yeah. Culver's. How close you are and okay. figure out how many punts it would take a team to get to that Culver's. So okay. we kind of took that and ran with it. So I have a number of punts that it would take the Virginia Tech punter. Um, I have his name here. Peter Moore. Peter Moore, yes. So I have the amount of punts it would take to a, get to a specific area that has to do with Virginia Tech. Now, my question is, I'm going to tell you that number of punts, and then you will try and guess where it is. 
Oh, interesting. So it, okay. it, it's a site that means something or is related in some way to Virginia Tech. So Ryan's going to give you Correct. the number of punts based on his average punt, and you got to give us mm-hmm. what you think it is. Okay. Okay. I love this. I love this. Yes. So this would take Peter Moore, who averaged 47 yards a punt last week, 188,751 punts <laughs> to get to this area. Now, I kind of, that's not really fair. So I kind of break it down. It's a little over 5,000 miles. Okay. Now, 5,000 miles. Yes, it is definitely in a different country. I was going to say. Yeah, and it has to do with Virginia Tech? It does. Yes, it does. Okay. Huh. Okay, so 5,000 miles has to do with Virginia Tech. Okay. Man. So I'm thinking, like, is Europe, like, 5,000 miles? It is in – I think it is in – it's in – so without giving it away, I mean, it's in Russia – so I can't really tell okay. Europe or Asia. Um, so it's in Russia because I was going to guess the country of Turkey. Okay. So that nope, that was Russia. Be oh, because of Hokies, Turkey. Fantastic. The Hokie, the Turkey. It's used to be the Fighting Gobblers for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish they would have stuck with Fighting Gobblers. To be honest with you. Um, <laughs> gosh, and it's in Russia. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there somewhere called Hokie in Russia? There is not. That's a really good guess, though. So Hokie kind of sounds okay. Yeah. Hit me with so I always do this, so like you never guess. But okay. so this five thousand miles away, one hundred eighty-eight thousand puns would be to. I'm gonna botch this. Uh, Tushino Airfield in Moscow, Russia. So this place is where. Metallica played its largest show ever to 1.6 yes. million oh. people. Inter Sandman, of course. Exactly. You're talking to a diehard Metallica fan, too. Mm-hmm. So, wow. That claps for you. Right? I just Good, Alec, thank you. Every week he comes up with one ago. of these. <laughs> so, That's um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping one day to get them to Blacksburg. Tough game to wrangle oh. them, I'm sure. My goodness, that'd be great. That is the one thing that I would look forward to most. That is, to me, the best intro of all college teams. What about Dabo running down a hill and sprinting out in front of his team and making it all about him, guys? What about no. Dabo? You know, I what I'll tell people, like, you see the videos of Sandman. I think it literally starts, like, 20 minutes before that where the core cadet band comes out. And it like mm. it, the energy builds up and builds up. Like they play their songs, they all march out on the field. You do the national anthem, and then we have Johnny Cash playing, uh, and then you have the "Let's Go Hokies" chant, and then it's Sandman. So it kind of crescendos to Sandman, and it's uh, I think it's like it's that it's it for me. It's like the twelve to fifteen minutes before Sandman are almost like more exciting than actual Sandman. So. Um, okay. That's that's what I would say. But yeah, it is, yeah it's it. pretty awesome. Let's hope the football team comes with that energy as well because they don't sometimes. So uh, let, let's hope they do on right. Saturday. Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, pulling for you for the rest of the year. The black <laughs> and gold looks sick on TV. But uh, 
Let's hope to have a good game Saturday with a few targeting reviews, if that's, any. That's right. Right. Hopefully none. Um, we had six <laughs> last game. Oof. So think. Let's uh, let's all pray for no reviews like that. A good, clean go. game, some fun football, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the season. Hey, you too, and beat Louisville. Mm-hmm. Thank, we'll do our best. <laughs>